you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
Hallelujah. Oh, what a wonderful name we have to call on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We're so glad that you are joining us online tonight. We want you to open your heart and let God speak to you while we open the word of the Lord tonight. I'm going to be reading from Mark, the 11th chapter. And I'm going to begin reading with verse number 4 in Mark chapter 11. We're honored that you would join us online tonight. We're looking forward to the end of all of this season and us being able to come back together and worship together. I appreciate so very much all of your patience. I appreciate our team that is working so very hard to prepare this online service, all of our online services, and to those that are giving their time and effort, thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for your prayers. I feel like the Apostle Paul tonight when I say pray for us often. It was something that the Apostle said often and I, I, I get it. He was in all sorts of situations, even even in situations of persecution, things maybe even worse than what we have ever seen. And he would ask, pray for us often. And we covet your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. We're praying for you. And we're believing God's going to do wonderful things. Mark chapter 11 and verse number 4. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in the place where two ways met and they loose him and certain of them stood there said unto them what do ye loosing the colt and they said unto them even as Jesus had commanded and they let them go and they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him and he sat upon him, and many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. By the help of the Lord this evening, I want to speak to you from this subject, call the name of Jesus. The praise team just led us in a wonderful song, reminding us to do that right now. Lord, we need your help and we call upon your name, the name of Jesus, the only saving name, the healing name, the powerful name. And we pray the name of Jesus over this congregation, over our city over this state over this region over all of those that are listening online we speak the name of Jesus the most powerful name that I know I speak the name of Jesus and we call on you in Jesus name Jesus name amen today we celebrate Palm Sunday this is the first Palm Sunday I would suppose in the history of Palm Sundays that I didn't gather with my church family to celebrate Palm Sunday. But today 
even though we're apart, we are still together and we're still unified. Palm Sunday, of course, is the Sunday before Easter, and I hope you are already making plans to join us on Easter Sunday, next Sunday. We're going to give you multiple opportunities to, to be with us next weekend. It's going to be a wonderful time. I hope that you contact your friends and tell them, plan to join us, plan to be with us next week on Easter Sunday. We're going to be bringing you an Easter message. We're going to be worshiping together via this online opportunity, and we're very excited about it, and we hope that we can have record attendance online next Sunday. In Mark chapter 11, we are given an account of the triumphal entry of Jesus as he returns back into the city of Jerusalem. The story begins with two disciples going to look for a colt that Jesus told them would be waiting for their arrival. They must have wondered about what Jesus told them to do because none of the gospel accounts about the ministry of Christ ever mentioned him riding. He, he, he never rode animals. It was not mentioned in scripture. If he did, uh, he, he must have walked hundreds of miles up and down the land we call the Holy Lands and up, up and down the seashore. Uh, but, but there was no mention of him ever riding except on a boat crossing the Sea of Galilee. But now he, he gives us this unusual command to go into the village. And here this command is given to these disciples to go into the village to get a colt that had never been ridden. It, it, it wasn't a broken colt. Uh, to bring him that colt back to, to where he was. It must have seemed like a strange command indeed. He, he even tells them the exact words that they are to use should anybody question them or say anything to them. They were simply to tell them, the Lord hath need of him. It is obvious through, uh, through the scripture that Jesus knew what he was going to face when he went back into the city of Jerusalem. So his decision to go into Jerusalem must have been one of the most difficult decisions perhaps that Jesus had ever made. And on top of that, to ride into the city on a colt rather than to walk into the city as he had done so often before, must have been an even more difficult decision because riding on a colt into the city was a public declaration that he was king. History teaches us that in times of war, the conquering king would ride through the city upon a stallion, but in times of peace. The king would ride on a colt, symbolizing that peace prevailed over the region. So for Jesus to ride into the city of Jerusalem on a colt is declaring that he is bringing peace to the upheaval of the city and that he truly was the king. The concerning question here was, how would the people respond 
to what Jesus was doing, riding into town on a colt? Would they recognize that his kingdom was not of this world, that it was a spiritual kingdom and he was to be a spiritual king? For three and a half years he had been teaching them, but they still did not understand. Perhaps some of them would greet him with laughter and with jest. Maybe others would be amused by what Jesus was doing. Some, however, may think it was a rather ridiculous picture that the son of a carpenter was declaring himself to be a king. Perhaps some would think that he was a mere lunatic living in the world of fantasy, imagining himself to be a king. Perhaps others would greet him with anger, angry because they would interpret his riding into the city as arrogance or perhaps even blasphemy against God and certainly an outspoken word against the king. Of course, many would hail him with joy, welcoming him as an earthly king who they would think uh, had come to reestablish the throne of David and to overthrow the Roman Empire. They, they would be ready and eager to place the crown of, uh, upon his head because, again, they, they would be able to live free from the overbearing burden of the Roman Empire. Among the crowds would be people that, that he had healed and, and, and some uh, that would be gathered that day as he entered into Jerusalem would be uh, some of those that he had fed when he multiplied the fishes and the loaves. Many more he had that, that perhaps had seen and witnessed his miracles and listened as he had taught them and as he had spoken as one who had authority. They had listened and they had responded and some of them had their lives greatly changed by the power of this man Jesus that is riding into Jerusalem that day on a cold Jesus knew all of this. He wasn't caught off guard with any of it. He knew that just over the horizon was a cross and looming like a wooden monster on a hill uh, would be the place where he would go and would bleed and would die. Luke tells us that in spite of all of this, Jesus still set his face steadfastly toward Jerusalem. He knew that his hour was at hand, but he was determined to fulfill all scripture and to fulfill the master plan from the beginning of time. In Luke the 19th chapter, he says, and he went, and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way and when he was come nigh even now to the descent of the Mount of Olives the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and to pray
praise God with a loud voice for all of the mighty works that they had seen of him, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The Jews perhaps had thought their deliverance day had finally arrived. They thought their king and their deliverer was riding into town on a colt to take his crown and to set up his kingdom here upon the earth. The only issue is is that they would overlook the lowly colt that he rode in on now was not the prancing stallion that one would suppose he would ride in for such an occasion. Surely the stallion would reveal that he was the king about to call for war but instead he came in as, as the lowly shepherd. He came in riding upon the colt. He came in bringing peace to the world because the Roman yoke now was about to be broken and the kingdom would be set up on the earth so the people would think finally they would think the Jewish government would soon be back in charge in their rightful places. The people were excited. Excitement charged the atmosphere around them as their dreams and aspirations began to look like they would soon come true. The great conqueror was in their midst, but they little did they realize that his conquest was not a conquest of this world but it was a conquest in the spirit realm. His kingdom was not of this world. His kingdom was not meat and drink. His kingdom was a much greater kingdom. His kingdom was a heavenly kingdom. His kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. In all of the bliss of their misunderstanding or sheer ignorance, Perhaps they were beside themselves if ever there was a praise service that was going on and was going to happen. This was going to be the greatest praise service of all time. Perhaps the greatest time of praise and a sheer outbreak of praise in the streets of Jerusalem as the procession moved on and as Jesus entered in toward the city, the crowd grew larger and larger the disciples there uh, began to uh, become inspired by the enthusiasm of the multitude. They began to take off their garments and to cast their coats in the way. And they began to take palm branches and they began to throw them in the way. Where, the, where Jesus came in, the streets were lined with their robes. The streets were lined with palm branches. The streets were lined with people who were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest. The people that day had a reason to praise. They were praising him because they believed that he had come to free the Roman oppression and rule that had been overshadowing them. These people were praising because their hopes of escaping the physical bondages that of this world and that they had been living in were about to be broken. They, they thought that they were about to be set free from the governmental oppression 
and control. But Jesus, but Jesus came with another plan in mind. He wanted to free them from their spiritual bondage that they had been living in. He came to set them free. Thus the scripture fulfills itself and when the Son therefore hath made you free, you are free indeed. Jesus had come to give them freedom from Satan's oppressive rule over their hearts, over their minds, and over their spirit. I came to preach to somebody tonight and tell you it's not God's will for you to live in mental anguish and spiritual oppression and torment within, worried about what you have been, worried about the sins of your past, worried about your failures, worried about the things that you have done. I come to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ sent a preacher into your hearing on a Sunday night to tell you he has come to make you free. And when he makes you free, he'll break every yoke. He'll break every bondage. He'll break the sin. He'll break the oppression. He will set you free. Maybe somebody listening tonight has been bound by fear. You've been bound by jail cells of your own making. You are bound by addictions. You are bound by thoughts in your mind. You can forgive others, but you can't forgive yourself. But I come tonight to tell you God wants to make you free. We're living in the last hour. Somebody needs to get ready for his coming. He wants to set you free. This is the same text. Some had reached a point of becoming critical of the excitement and all of the people crying out so much that Jesus stopped the procession. And the scripture said that he wept over the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft would I have gathered thee? Oh, he wept bitter tears. But Jesus, before he left the city of Jerusalem, Jesus had told them, you will not see me return until I come that day when I hear you saying, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Jesus is saying there is going to be an outburst of response. Jesus told them what it was going to be. He, he said it's going to happen. It was kind of a, a, a predisposition that Jesus had already spoke over them. Whether those that gathered that day came and gathered as a fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus had spoken because he had already spoken it and some maybe came and did what became natural to them and that was in the presence of his greatness. They began to throw down palm branches 
and they began to cry out unto him. As Jesus climbed onto the colt that day, as the praises began to rise up toward heaven and the noise became stronger and stronger, there was a group of nervous people that had assembled there also. There's always some that are a little uh, suspicious when the Spirit of God begins to show up. There's always some that become a little suspicious of the moving of God's presence and His Spirit. There were the Romans that were there. Was it them you're talking about, preacher? No. Was it the demon possessed that were gathered there? No. Was it the hardened sinners that were there? No. But it was the religious Pharisees who came with the word and said, Rebuke thy disciples. Think of this with me now. It was the Pharisees that said, rebuke them, stop them, tell them that this is, there's no use for this, there's no reason for this. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit tonight and tell you, I don't know if it's going to be in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but when we come back into this house and when we begin to gather in, I have a feeling that the first service, you better wear your tennis shoes and bring your shouting shoes with you because we're going to have a Holy Ghost time. There's a predisposition that I feel already in the making we're going to begin to declare I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord there was some that knew Jesus had been gone but now he's returning and they said there's nothing that's going to keep me from praising him there's nothing that's going to keep me from worshiping him there's nothing that's going to keep me from saying a house Hallelujah. I know you're in your home. I know you're watching online. But there ought to be something in your spirit tonight that makes you want to shout a hallelujah. That makes you want to say I praise you from my living room. I praise you from where I am right now. Jesus. Jesus rides through the city with the sounds of the excitement of people among the sights of the idolatrous among the sights that he was seeing there were those people who would have worshipped many gods and there in that city were all sorts of precious stones they were lining the streets there were carved stones expensive stones expensive columns and pillars at the entering in of all of the great cathedrals and the buildings of that day. They were all erected to the gods, the creative gods, the imaginative gods of this world and of the mind of the people. As Jesus rides into the city with the sounds of excitement of the people, among them there are those who perhaps were doubting and there were those who were saying, stop your disciples. Jesus looks at the 
the faces of the impassioned multitudes waving their branches and shouting praises and declaring uh, they were declaring blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord and the Pharisees declare to Jesus stop this tell your disciples to stop their praise tell your disciples this is not necessary see there's some folks that would like to be in church tonight but when you're in church you may not be worshiping the way you're going to worship when you get back in because you know you value what you the opportunities that you have I know some people tonight in hospital rooms I know some people that are bound in different ways tonight if they could just get back to the house of the Lord if they could get they wouldn't matter what was happening it wouldn't matter if the song was fast or slow if the song was new or old they know that the king reigns eternally and they would begin to praise and worship Jesus looks at the Pharisees and he said to them if if I if I force these to hold their peace these stones all these stones that you see stones from idol gods the stones on the front of buildings it would be the rocks he said the stones would cry out <laughs> he said those religious leaders those governmental leaders that would like to bring an end to the opportunity that the people of Jerusalem had to worship in freedom without the oppression of the government. They, they are looking to be set free and he's telling them, why don't you stop them? Why don't you tell them to stop what they're doing? And, and then Jesus begins to tell them, if I stop them, the very stones are going to begin to praise me because God is always going to have a, a voice that is going to magnify and lift him up. But there's one obvious fact, and that is that Jesus wasn't wanting the stones to cry out. For if the intention of God was for stones to cry out and bring worship and bring, bring praise to him, it would have been his plan from the beginning of time. When the worlds were framed, and when the stars were flung into the heavens and they sang, it could have been an eternal song that brought praise to him and he would have no need for human to praise him. But Jesus obviously was not wanting the rocks to cry out. What he was really looking for was for the heart of men to long for his presence to the point that they would say I think that's Jesus coming into town and they would put on a hallelujah and they would put on a blessed is he that come in the name of the Lord and they would throw down their coats they would throw down their form of identity and they would throw down their palm branches in the way and would say he's worthy to receive praise and glory Jesus wasn't looking for stones he was looking for the heart of people to cry out Jesus 
would rather one hallelujah from that online listener. He would rather one thank you Jesus from that one in the valley. He would rather one weak voice of an oppressed worshiper to come out from beneath the oppression and squeak out a little glory to God. I thank you, Jesus, than he would all of the stones of the world to cry out. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I speak for myself. I have made my decision. I may not be in the church house together with you, but I'm still going to praise him every day of my life. We may not be assembled with other worshipers, but I made up in my mind that I'm still going to praise him. You may be in the midnight hour, but still somebody ought to muster a little courage to say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, right where you are, in your home, in your car, in front of your computer screen or your phone screen. You ought to close your eyes if you're not driving, and you ought to begin to shout a hallelujah. You ought to start calling on the name that is above every name. Come on somebody. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. He's going to do it for you. He's going to set you free. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to make a way out of no way. Come on somebody. Yeah. 
Jesus. 